What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of AEW. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here on The Boochcast, he's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? dude uh, yes, it's me, the broke soulless ginger. Only speaking, I'm not that broke. Oh, here we go. Vinny, this card was much better than last, last week, wasn't it? Um, It was definitely an improvement. <laughs> Definitely an improvement, but definitely still some things that I am going to shit upon uh, at the request of 
Yes, at the request of a lot of people in the business, and by a lot, I mean one person from Virginia. Um, and, and of course, we are in Chicago, Illinois. Pretty much everything is in Chicago this week, ladies and gentlemen. Dynamite, Rampage, and of course, All Out this Sunday. All are in Chicago, Illinois. So as we kick off the festivities, we see the new AEW World Champion, the undisputed AEW World Heavyweight Champion, John Moxley makes his way to the ring, fresh off his domination of CM Punk last week. The fans chant for CM Punk as Moxley grabs a microphone and Moxley smirks at them. Moxley taunts the crowd saying that he thinks they're still mopping Punk off the floor in Cleveland. He says Punk, pe- he says people used to call Punk the modern 60-minute man and that just turned out to be a load of crap. He says he had 57 minutes left in him last week, but Punk didn't. He says he pushes everyone that claims to be the heart and soul of AEW and he tests them and finds out what they are made of. Moxley says Punk was looking for a way out last week because he realized Moxley wasn't going to stop coming at him. He says that Punk folded and says that he has zero sympathy for him. Moxley says that Punk turned out not to be whatever everyone thought he was. He says Punk has a fragile ego, a weak mind, a weak spirit, and a fragile body. It's a tough business, dude. Sorry, Moxley said. It is what it is, and we move on. Moxley pulls out a contract and says it's an open contract for any challenge and he'll leave it in the ring for whoever wants to take it. Ambrose says it doesn't matter who he wants to face who wants to face him, he can outlast anyone and he will. He says wrestling John Moxley is hazardous to your health and whoever wants to face him has been warned. Loved it. Truth man, didn't, he didn't have the rag on Stephen Punk deep down because he knew Stephen Punk hurt. But once again, John uh, John Moxley being the is he a heel champion or a dick champion? I don't know what the fuck he is. That's you a question I ask this whole question. show. Sorry. He's just being a dick champion. He's a face. He's a, he he gets cheered. He's over with the crowd. But did he have to really talk crap that much by Sam Punk about him getting hurt? I thought that was kind of shitty. But I like the fact he laid that contract down. And I was hoping somebody would come out, but nobody did. Thought it wasn't data. Anyways, that's not the point. I thought this promo was really really good. So, all right then. Anything you have to say? Okay, we move on. Okay, easy there, Jim Carrey. Like anything else to add? All righty then. Sorry. Um, Moxley dominated this promo. It was beautiful and it was great. And and I love the fact that he ragged on CM Punk because that's what you do when you're in the ring. Obviously, you want to protect your opponent, and nobody wants to seriously get hurt or have their opponent seriously hurt. But the rule is you apologize in private. That's as that's the rule. When you're in the locker room and there's no cameras on and nobody can see you, that's when you go and check. Hey, buddy, you okay? Is everything all right? I'm sorry this happened to you. Get well soon. Can't wait to have you back. That's off camera. But when you get in the ring and the camera's in front of you, you say what Moxley said. He's fragile, he's weak, everything about him is a load of crap, I have no sympathy, I'm moving on. That's what you do. That's how it's supposed to be. But once you have that talk in private, what happens in front of the camera is not meant to be taken personally. The only time it's personal is if you say something over the line but didn't clear it beforehand, you know? And if you have an issue with something that's said, again, you handle everything in the back. That's where everything's supposed to be solved if you have a conflict. When you're in the ring, you're in the ring. It's work. You're supposed to be selling tickets. And Mox 
Moxley needs to desperately sell tickets because right now he don't have he is the world heavyweight champion and he does not have a match on one of the biggest shows in AEW of the year for AEW because they had the unification match last week and it lasted three goddamn minutes. So Moxley now has to pull a miracle out of his ass and get an opponent so the open contract's perfect. It's like, all right, I'm just going to put this contract right here. Whoever wants to pick it up and sign it, let's go. And of course, a former Ring of Honor wrestler and a current AEW agent comes to the ring and puts the contract in his pocket and leaves. And you're like, the fuck? Is one, is, and you're thinking to yourself, is one of the stage guys seriously about to get a world title shot? Yeah, I thought that at first, but then I realized it was a producer. And that producer turned out to be a steal. Yeah, but I'm sitting here thinking to myself, okay, is he a former wrestler that's going to try and get back in the ring? What's going on here? Or I, I don't know what the fuck was going on at that moment. But to see somebody come to the ring and put the contract in his pocket, I'm watching this going, well, that was anticlimactic. As soon as he goes, I'm waiting for music to hit. I'm waiting for somebody to come out. I'm waiting for somebody to verbally spar with Moxley and then sign the contract. But instead, some random guy just puts it in his pocket and walks away. So I'm like, that was fucking stupid. So still, we have no idea what the fuck's about to happen with this main event. So I thought that was dumb. Anyway, we then go to the backstage area. Tony Schiavone interviews Chris Jericho. Jericho says that the American Dragon versus Lionheart is a dream match for most, but a nightmare for Danielson. Jericho admits that Owen and Stu Hart may have appreciated Daniel's skill a bit more than his, but they will respect all of his accolades more than the ones from Brian Danielson. Jericho says he will add beating Danielson to his accolades this Sunday. Then Daniel Garcia walks up and apologizes to Jericho and pledges his loyalty to the Jericho Appreciation Society. He says he knows Jericho will beat Danielson and he doesn't need to cheat or use any cheap tricks to beat Danielson. Jericho thanks Garcia and warns Danielson to watch his back. That was pretty good. I enjoyed this promo right here basically saying he wasn't really uh, talking crap of him. This match is going to be good, which it is. And Danny Garcia tries to go, comes up to apologize and says, do your thing. And of course, Greg Jericho says, watch your back. I thought this was a typical Hill, uh, Hill uh, promo from first Jericho. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a great promo by Jericho and it was a way to, you know, there's a way, there's a method on how to do this where you can put over your opponent without, you know, kissing his ass. But you have to make sure like, yes, I will say this about you, but the fact is I'm still better. Like he said, look, they might have thought, okay, it's like, 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 all right, Brian, I'll tell you this. Maybe Owen and Hart and Stu would think you were more skilled in the ring than me, but I have all these accolades and that would, and they would still think I was better than you because you got to look at the accolades of Chris Jericho. We'll start with AEW. One, the, he's the first ever AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. He's won two AEW Dynamite Awards. Then you cut to the fact that he's been the, the ECW World Television Champion, the IWGP Intercontinental Champion. He's been the WCW Cruiserweight Champion, WCW Television Champion. He's been a World Champion six times, the first ever Undisputed Champion. He's been a nine-time Intercontinental Champion, a record nobody has broken yet. Two-time United States Champion, the European Champion, the Hardcore Champion. Two-time Tag Team Champion with Edge and the Big Show. Actually, he's been a seven-time Tag Team Champion because he also won five titles with Benoit, The Rock, Christian, Edge, and The Big Show. He's been a Grand Slam champion, a Triple Crown winner, Slammy Award winner three times. He's been Wrestler of the Year three times, Best on Interviews, Best on Interviews of the Decade in the 2000s, Feud of the Year with Shawn Michaels, Pro Wrestling Match of the Year with Shawn Michaels in the ladder match at No Mercy, Most Underrated Wrestler in 99 and 2000, Favorite, Reader's Favorite Wrestler in 1999, this is the Wrestling Observer, by the way, uh, United States and Canada MVP in 2019, Most Charismatic 2019, Best Box Office Draw in 2019, 
best pro wrestling book of 2011 and the book was undisputed how to become the world champion in 1372 easy steps and then he was in the wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame in the class of 2010 so that's chris jericho meanwhile you look at brian danielson all he's done in AEW is win an eliminator tournament and get two AEW awards that's about it then you cut to wwe he's been a let's see he's been a two-time he's been a five-time world champion he's been the intercontinental champion the united states champion tag champ two-time tag champ once with kane once with eric rowan he won the money in the bank he had match of the year against kofi kingston at wrestlemania 35 he's been he's been a triple crown champion a grand slam champion he's won 12 slammy awards he's got and he was best non-wrestler in 2017 best on interviews 2018 best pro wrestling book my improbable journey to the main event of wrestlemania best pro wrestling dvd daniel bryan just say yes 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 best technical wrestler from 2005 to 2013 and 2021 so holy shit pro wrestling match of the year versus uh takishi morishima at ring of honor manhattan mayhem 2 most outstanding wrestler for 2006-2010 most outstanding wrestler of the decade 2000-2019 wrestling observer newsletter hall of fame class of 2016 so yeah both these guys have amazing accomplishments but jericho's definitely done more of course he has his jerk Jericho. Yeah, and um, so I like that. But I also like the fact that Daniel Garcia, I did find it kind of weird that he suddenly just used that opportunity to be like, yeah, I'm back with the JAS. Alright. But then, we cut to our first official match of the evening. We have the American Dragon, Brian Danielson with William Regal versus Jake Hager with Chris Jericho. Good opening match, was it not? Oh, yeah. This was fucking stellar, and even though Hager was big, Danny Bryan, uh, they worked and had good chemistry in the ring. Uh, Daniel got some shots in, and uh, Hager got some shots in and uh, everything else until they had to do another interference. I've been noticing a lot in AEW. When a good match is going on, they always have a fucking interference. Same. But otherwise, I thought it was a great match. And then Chris Jericho tried to hit Danny Bryan with the chair. Danny Garcia uh, hit him. And then Danny Bryan hit the uh, knee. One, two, three. Exactly. And now, obviously, there are times where they overdo the interference a little bit. They overdo a lot of shit in AEW. Especially the post-match beatdowns. Like, a lot of them are just fucking ridiculous and overdone. But I can understand why they do it here. Because obviously, you know, you don't want to have a clear-cut winner, even though Danielson did get the clear-cut win. You don't, you want to have, you know, some interference, some fuckery going on because, again, you're selling tickets to a, to a pay-per-view on Sunday, you know? And ideally, you want to be in a situation where you're not doing too much crazy shit in the ring because you got a pay-per-view on Sunday. The only problem is, in AEW, these fuckers act like every show is a pay-per-view which is not smart. That's how you get so many people on the goddamn injured list and why we have interim world champions every goddamn month. But ultimately, this match was great, mostly because Danielson did a very good job playing into uh, Jake Hager's style of wrestling. Like, that's a key thing, is when you're adaptable and you can work and blend your stuff with any style, that's how you make a good match. That's working. You take your style, the other person's style, how do we blend it together to have a, to have a match that makes fucking sense and that's exactly what they did here with this and also Danielson's submission style wrestling is incredible he's just putting people in submissions and locking them in as much as possible it was it was a very good wrestling match and I felt the um the Garcia spot was stupid yeah I agree with you on that and I'm gonna tell you why I thought it was stupid because the whole thing about Garcia is saying Jericho doesn't have to cheat to win I get that but but Daniel Garcia is forgetting one eensy weensy but ever so significant little tiny detail. This isn't a match, you fucking dumbass. This is a beatdown after a match, okay? Jericho hitting Brian Danielson with a chair 
right now is not cheating. And the reason it's not cheating is because it's not a match, you fucking idiot. Right. Fucking moronic. This spot was stupid. It was unnecessary. And also, it's like, oh, I'm going to take away your chair. He hits a flying knee. And then Danielson kind of looks over at Garcia. And now Garcia feels bad because he realized he got Jericho in that spot. It's like, well, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? Like, oh, I took away Jericho's chair. And Danielson's just going to be like, oh, okay. And I'm just going to leave. You Again, you fucking idiots. Like, you fucking geek. Where do they grow you? God, just stupid. Stupidity. And yet people can't, people, he came so highly recommended. But anyway, that was just a stupid spot. It would have been better if Garcia, like, slid in the ring and got in front of Jericho and tried to reason with him. Or if he had gotten in the ring, ripped the chair out, tried to go after him, and then Danielson runs at Jericho. Jericho moves out of the way, and then Garcia gets hit with a flying knee. That would have been better. That at least would have been something cooler. But instead, they did this dumb shit. So the match was good, but this post-match crap was a waste. And then we go to commercial. We come back from the commercial break, and it's... Oh, God. We got the wingmen are in the ring with signs whining about not being on the show. Ryan Neiman says they are the hottest, sexiest hunks in AEW. Peter Avalon says from now on, Wednesday nights will be known as Wingmen Wednesdays. And then we got W. Morrissey, who we all know as Big Cass, makes his way to the ring, beats them all down, and Stokely Hathaway walks out and hands him his card. Shivani attempts to ask Stokely what he's up to, but Stokely gets in his face and says it's none of his business. No, and I... I don't know who the fuck these are. I saved you that text. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> who the fuck? Who the um? Who the fuck are the wingman? I never seen him before. And that was funny as hell. Big. I'm calling Big Cash. I'm not calling that. Big Cash comes on, beats the shit out of him, gets a business card, and walks away. This was a waste of fucking time. This was stupid, idiotic. This was an abortion. No, 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 no. And not enjoy this one fucking bit. It's stupid shit. This right here pisses me off. I'm throwing things. How to do that right? Yeah, I just I don't know what they're gonna do with Big Cass. You do something with him. I I'm trying to figure out what they're gonna do with him. Like, where would he fit on the roster? Who could he work with? Whatever. I just hope they don't do to him what WWE did to him. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. If at any point Big Cass gets in the ring with Brian Danielson and he locks into the bell lock and Big Cass taps out, I'm never watching AEW again. I saw that happen in WWE, and it was one of the fakest things I ever saw in wrestling. Keep in mind at the time. AEW didn't exist. So that was one of the most disgusting things I ever saw at the time. If I see it here in AEW, I'm done with this company because I will not be able to. I already have a hard enough time taking shit seriously on here. I will be goddamned if they pull this stupid shit here because I think in AEW, they're dumb enough to pull that off. I expected better from WWE, but basically the wingmen are random ass people who've been on dark and elevation and Elvis knows more about these two than we do, than I do. He knows more about this faction. So boring. Yeah. It's a bunch of jobbers. So then we cut to the backstage area with Alex Marvez who interviews Will Osprey, who's backstage when Dum Don Callis walks up and praises Osprey for his career. He says people call Osprey the next Kenny Omega, but says that he is the first Will Osprey. Osprey. Callis reminds Osprey the last time they were in a match against each other, he ate a one-winged angel, though. 
no, I didn't enjoy this at all. I, I dumb called Callus and we're all straight. I was like, watch this. Like, okay, you get this over with. Dum, 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 dum. Go on. Otherwise, I thought this was stupid. And honestly, I did not enjoy this one bit. And apparently, you didn't either, did you? Yeah. And it was just there. They're trying to hype up there. a main event that I have no interest in being enjoying at all. It's like I'm, it's, they can't do, there is nothing they could do to get me excited about this. The thought of Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega having a match in AEW, it is a Mark match for Mark fans. That's all it fucking is. It is a waste. Yes, it is. Because everything those guys do is a circus act. All of it. So this was a waste because all it did was hype up a match that I didn't want to see in the first fucking place. But we'll get to that later. Right now, we're going to move on to something that matters. Uh, We got ourselves a tag team match. We got uh, Dr. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter with Rebel versus Hikaru Shida and that ass Tony Storm. Loved it. Did you? Oh, hell yeah. This was fucking awesome. And that Hikaru Shida, she did a pretty good job and everything else and Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter they got good chemistry both teams back and forth back and forth and uh, I think Rebel cost, uh, cost Britt Baker and uh, Jamie Hayter the match you think so? Yeah I mean yeah, she's once again another fucking interference well, that's uh, gonna happen. But ultimately, it was a it was a fun tag match. Like it wasn't obviously it was meant to hype up the fact that they're gonna is gonna be a fatal four way at all out. So all the women are gonna be fighting against each other. It's every woman for herself to see who will be the interim AEW uh, women's champion. And obviously, they're gonna hold on to that belt until Thunder Rosa comes back, and then they're gonna have a fight to unify the titles and whatever. But the question is, how long is Thunder Rosa gonna be out? And is is going to be like a thing where we see it we, we again see it on dynamite or are they actually going to wait till like revolution to give us the women's unification match assuming that it takes that long for to, for thunder rosa to recover from whatever the fuck she's recovering from but ultimately i've said it before and i'll say it again i want tony storm to win same here i want i feel like her time has come because jamie hater to me is not a women's champion Britt baker been there done that smoked it humped it called it an uber Hikaru Shida, love her, but been there, done that, smoked it, humped it, called it an Uber. So I don't, I'm not ready for another run with Britt. I'm not ready for another run with Shida. Give it to Tony Storm, and then her and Thunder Rosa have the unification match, preferably on a pay per view, and then we see who wins from there. Because yep. originally it was supposed to be Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, and I got a pretty good feeling that uh, Thunder Rosa was going to drop the belt to Tony Storm. But that's just oh, that's just a, that's just a theory. I don't know what was going to happen, but I think. Tony Tony Storm needs to walk out with the title. And so after this tag match, we cut to the we cut to the backstage area. We see Kip Sabian, who talks about attacking Pac last week and says he can read Pac like a book. Pac says that Sabian has been pestering him for too long, and if he wants a shot at the title, he can get it all out. Good promo. I thought it was good. I'm not a big fan of Kip Sabian. I do like Pac, and I don't understand why he has that title, but okay. Another paperweight title match. See what happens. Hopefully Pac wins. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not... So there's too many titles. There is. That's that's the problem with it's a problem with AEW. It's a problem with WWE. They have too many belts, and it devalues your company when every other wrestler is coming out to the ring wearing a fucking belt. You don't need all these belts. Not everybody needs to hold a belt around their waist to feel special. Okay, it's fucking stupid. But very stupid. Yeah. So this match is gonna be a waste. I hope Pac wins because it's a fucking joke. Always has been. Always will be. He just doesn't have Penelope Ford with him anymore and he's not obsessing over video games. But anyway, <laughs> on that note, we cut to another backstage area where Miro cuts a promo on the House of Black and says that his God made a deal with the devil to take him out. But that hasn't worked. 
Darby Allen and Sting walk up, and Darby says he thinks Black is intimidated with the success that King had without him. And Sting says that the enemy of his enemy is his friend, and it's showtime. Loved it. Didn't he? Darby Allen, I wish Sting was up there instead. Finally, uh, like Mira has some backup. Sting and Darby have some backup, and Sting said the uh, enemy of my enemy is my friend. And they walk away. I was like, okay, we'll see yeah. what happens here. Well, that's because, you know, it. yeah. Well, that's because Miro and Darby don't get along. But when you join forces against a common enemy, that's when you say the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's like, you know, it's like, I hate you, you hate me, but we both agree this guy's a prick. So how about you and I put aside our differences and let's go kill this prick? It's like, it's like the promo that The Rock used to cut when he was feuding with Triple H. It was, uh, I remember it was Backlash 2000, which was one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time. And in that match was The Rock versus Triple H. And Triple H had Vince McMahon in his corner and the Rock was going to have Stone Cold in his. And The Rock said, Stone Cold and The Rock have never seen eye to eye, but the one thing we agree on, the one thing we always agree on is the fact that, Triple H, you're the biggest asshole walking God's green earth. And that was the truth. The Rock and Austin have always agreed that no matter how we feel about each other, we both agree Triple H is a prick. So we can join forces to take out Triple H. So that that's why that was a great promo. And then all of a sudden, CM Punk shows up, makes his way to the ring, looking as depressed as most of us were after that match last week. And Punk talks about his broken foot and says that his surgeon told him he pulverized the bones in his foot. Punk, ta- Punk taunts a fan at ringside and is heckling him and says those screws are 16 times more than he's ever been screwed in his life. Punk says he probably shouldn't have said that and he probably shouldn't have come back too early from his injury. Punk says he got beat up in Cleveland and had to drive home with nothing else but his thoughts to ride home with him. He says his foot is 100% and says that he was clear by doctors, but the problem is that is a new 100% for him. He says he isn't sure if that 100% is good enough anymore. Punk says that the business doesn't love you back. What well, is that true? But the fans do, not always, and part of why he came back was for the fans. He says that it hurts him thinking he let everyone down, and then he points to his sister and says it hurts to think he let her down. Punk starts getting emotional and says that love may- is maybe not enough anymore. Ace Steel, who teamed with Punk in Ring of Honor and trained him, walks out and asks him what the hell he's doing. Steel says this isn't what they talked about in the back, and he says this isn't him. Steel talks about their history together and says they are family. He says Punk didn't let his family down or the fans down. He reminds Punk that he filled up an arena on nothing more than a rumor. He says he isn't letting him leave now. Steel slaps the shit out of Punk and tells him to get his ass up and fight, and he's going to fight on Sunday. He pulls out the contract and tells Punk to sign the damn contract and fight Moxley. A fired up Punk rips off his shirt and says that before he was CM Punk, he was just a punk kid from Chicago that was born blue in the face with the umbilical cord wrapped around his neck because they've been trying to kill him since the day he was born, but no one has been man enough to do it yet, and Moxley ain't man enough either. Punk walks out into the crowd and says Moxley may be a wild man, but he isn't wild enough for him. Punk says that Moxley can't break his bones or drink his blood because we are Chicago. Punk signs the contract and celebrates with the crowd. Loved it. Absolutely wonderful promo from him. He was getting emotional, everything else. I'll think, I, I, basically what he says, I'll think I'm a homicide. Uh, I, I say, my foot's okay. I don't think my mind's okay. Then Van Steel, he still comes in and comes down and says, get your head out of your ass. Time the damn paper. Go whoop his ass. Get the title back. Dun, 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 dun. So, we will see at All Out, CM Punk against Moxley for the undisputed AEW World Championship match. And then he's probably better at that than me. This was 
was emotional. I felt for the days like maybe we're actually a hundred percent, but I thought that was actually very, very good. I loved mm -hmm. every mm -hmm. second of this promo. And the reason I did is because of one word. Emotion. I love promos that when I'm watching them, I can feel something. By the time this promo was over, there were tears in my eyes. I got emotional watching that promo because I felt every single fucking word that came out of Punk's mouth. That is how you cut a promo. That is how you entertain fans. Motherfucker, that is how you sell tickets. These guys fought last week in a match that ended in three minutes. What was supposed Supposed to be a pay-per-view match was a three-minute squash on Dynamite. I was pissed. Dak was pissed. Pretty much every AEW fan was pissed. And the AEW fans, they don't, we don't agree on a lot of shit. Just some of you who watch that because you actually enjoy wrestling, the rest of you are fucking marks. But all of us agreed on one thing that was bullshit. If you were going to have them fight again at All Out a week later, and you were going to get people to give a single fuck about wanting to see those two fight again, that's how you fucking do it. Punk pulled a miracle out of his ass to get everybody not just in Chicago, but watching at home to see this match. Because on paper, we shouldn't want to see this at all. But now we do. Yes. And the reason you want to see it is because of that fucking promo right there. Because CM Punk dug deep inside himself and cut the promo that he needed to cut. Because that's what promos are designed to do. They're not just roast battles. They're designed to get you to want to see the match. To see the fight. That's why the loud mouths in combat sports were the ones who sold tickets. Because you either loved them and wanted to see them win. Or you hated them and wanted to see them get knocked the fuck out. That's why guys like, I'll go all the way back in history. Muhammad Ali. People didn't want to see Muhammad Ali just because he was fast and uh, honest he was fast and he had good you know skills it was because of the rhyming it was because of the way he went off on all his fight on the fighters he would say things like you know you want to lose your money then bet on Sonny he know I'm great he will fall in eight I am the greatest you know he said like I'm a smack George Foreman so many times he gonna think he's surrounded he'll be screaming call the police it's five of them in here that kind of shit he got you to give a shit about who he was fighting or it will even do it again like even Mike Tyson when he'd say things like I'm gonna eat his children like you know I'm gonna fuck you till you love me like that kind of shit made you want to sell tickets made you want to see Conor McGregor shooting his mouth off and the rare moment you can understand what the fuck he's saying motherfucker needs a translator I'm sorry Mike Tyson was easy to understand than Conor McGregor. But the motherfucker still made you want to see the fight. Why? Because the gift of gab got you to see the fight. You saw everybody running their mouths, everybody talking shit, and you're like, oh my god, they're getting under each other's skin so much, it's gonna be a fight. And then the fight happens. And it's either everything you thought it would be, or it's the biggest letdown. You don't know You don't know until the fight's over. But they got you hyped. They got you excited. They promoted the fight. And that's exactly what CM Punk did in that moment. He got you to give a shit about a rematch that you have no business giving a shit about. That is a testament to Punk's mic skills, and I'll make a bold statement right now. This is the best promo CM Punk has cut in his whole goddamn career. I dare you to find me a better one. Mm, no, I have to agree with you on that. that. That was probably the best one she's ever done. That was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, this kicks the shit out of anything he ever did in WWE. Fuck the pipe bomb. This is real shit. The pipe bomb was just him being a whiny little bitch. This is him getting you to give a shit about the man, CM Punk.
That was great. That was beautiful. That was like, now I want to see this main event. But now here's the pressure. Here's now, there's now, here's, here's, here's the little, here's the moment where Vinny has to kind of throw in a butt. Now there is a butt. Is CM Punk truly ready to deliver? Because if Punk injures his foot again and we get another squash because of it, then this is all for nothing. They, they, they ha- Punk has to be the modern day 60 minute man, baby. Now I'm not necessarily saying this match has to go a full hour, although knowing AEW pay-per-views, they'll probably make the time because they usually go to like fucking one o'clock in the morning, which I guess isn't a problem considering it's Labor Day and most of us are off. But in general, it's like, uh, look, I love wrestling, but we all got jobs, motherfucker. So anyway, I'm looking forward to it. So on that note, we cut to the backstage area. We got Jim Ross sits down with Christian and Jungle Boy earlier today on the condition of no physicality. Jungle Boy and Christian talk about their history and Jungle Boy says that this was the real Christian all along. He was just hiding it. Christian says he isn't here to be Jungle Boy's father figure and Jungle Boy says that his father taught him what it meant to be a man and on Sunday, Christian will be fighting Jack Perry. This was a really good promo. I actually enjoyed it. They just uh, used their words instead and Christian still tries to keep innocent like he didn't say anything wrong. But yeah, well, yeah, well, you did. So I'm interested to see what happens at All Out. Uh, Christian Cage going against uh, Matt Jungle Boy, Jack Perry. Go from there. I thought this was actually really good. I'm not close to seeing Punk. It was good. I mean, it's hard to follow the Punk promo. It just is. But this was still good in its own right. Christian establishing himself that, you know, I'm here to make money and I'm here to win championships. That's ideally, if you're a heel, that's what your persona should be about. I want to win titles. And I want to make money. And I want to win titles because titles mean more money. So that's how it goes. So that's literally what it's all about. So Christian's promo was spot on. It was heel 101, but it was perfect. And Jungle Boy, again, it's all, like I said before, this is the go-home show. On the go-home show, you bring it. On the go-home show, this is your chance to be like, okay, why do I buy this pay-per-view? Because you have to. Because AEW doesn't have a network, and they haven't sold anything to a Peacock or Paramount plus or any of that shit so you're buying a pay-per-view to see this unless you're using a special treat um but why should you buy this pay-per-view why would i care about this match well never mind all the personal shit that's been said up until this point but jungle boy okay what's the final exclamation point the fact that christian is going to be fighting jack Perry, which is what he needs to be. That's like, okay, I'm not coming out to be Jungle Boy. Oh, 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 oh. no, fuck that. I'm Jack Perry, the son of Luke Perry. That's who the fuck I am. I am the I am the son of fucking Dylan McKay. That's who the fuck I am. And for y'all that don't know, that was uh, Luke Perry's character on Beverly Hills 90210 that he's most famous for. So that's why he, that's why I said Dylan McKay. This guy, that's him. He is that fucking badass. And I want to see him as Jack Perry. He doesn't need to be Jungle Boy. That's why I'm still, that's why I, I really, really wish that Luchasaurus was still a fucking heel working with Christian. So that way he wouldn't have a reason to be Jungle Boy anymore. Maybe he keeps the music because it's hard to get rid of the music when it's that fucking over. But this is where Jungle Boy needs to become Jack Perry. The boy must now become a man. And he's got to show something right now. This is this is his time to stop doing silly shit. No more boy and his dinosaur. Uh-uh. No more PBS after school shit. Okay? Time to be a man. Some hair on your nuts. And kick Christian's ass. 
That's what I want to see it all out. I want to see, I don't want this to be a wrestling match. When that bell rings, they has fight. That's what that match needs to be. They has fight. Too much personal shit has happened for, to go into that ring and do hip toss, drop down, fucking leapfrog, Canadian Destroyer. I want to see fight. I want to see emotion. And Jack Perry needs to go over and Jack Perry needs to have the match that catapults him to a potentially main event level and he could start pulling his own weight as one of the four pillars of AEW. Still not buying that shit. He needs to do it. This is his chance to fucking shine like he's never shined before. We'll find out this Sunday if he can pull it off. Zach, you have anything to add? You want to move on? Uh, let's move on. Let's go. All right. So now we move on to the next match of the evening. If we even want to call it that. We got Wardlow and FTR versus <laughs> Ren Jones, Ice Pick Dupree, and Silas Young. Squash. Embarrassing squash. Okay, can I say it? No, no, because I didn't hate this match. Aww. <laughs> all right, fine, you can yeah, do it. But... Fine, fine, you, this... can, you can do it, but it, 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 it all right, fine, do it. <laughs> was this bad? No, it was sad. Okay, okay. I'll be honest. It, it okay. wasn't sad. It wasn't sad, but I know Zach wanted to do the bit, so I was doing it for him. This was fucking horrible. I was watching it. And I was like, "What the fuck is this shit right here?" Okay, I'm about to punch my phone, but I didn't. This is stupid. Wardrobe powerbomb the poor bachelor twice. Stump on him. One, two, three. It doesn't match. Morning. Yeah. So basically, they hit. FTR hits the big rig on Dupree. Wardlow hits the powerbomb symphony. One, two, three. They're done. Pretty much. Yeah. Basically, we're establishing, yeah, we're the cocks of the walk, baby. That's pretty much it. So, there you go. That was that was it. It was like, we're going to go out there and look like swinging dick motherfuckers before the pay-per-view. That's pretty much it. So, uh, okay, people, moving along. Nothing to see here. And then, all of a sudden, <laughs> John Moxley walks out and says, if that is what your boy wants, then that's exactly what he'll get. Moxley says that if Punk wants to go out on his shield in his hometown, then that's exactly what he'll get. Moxley confirms the match will happen at all out and says that if punk thinks he has one more miracle left in him he better find it quick he says he will put on a display of brutality that punk has never experienced before he says he will show cm punk the difference between a fake messiah and a legend once again another good promo from john moxley still not good as punk's though no he, moxley was not gonna top punk's promo but this was still good all right he's now we've now established it is gonna be punk versus moxley for the title at all out this time it's not a unification match so now, here's the big question. Does Moxley retain, or does Punk take it back? Mm -hmm. What do you think? Uh, I think uh, Punk might take it back at that. I do too. If he did it. But if he doesn't, okay, what's the point of him doing any of this stuff? Yeah. But I don't do the fucking writing. You don't do the writing. Nobody does. And half the time, it doesn't make any fucking sense. I mean... They keep well. They do the same thing WWE always does. They kick me out of the room. It's like get no, the probably kick you out of the building. Yeah, they they like they're saying get the fuck out of our writers' room and take your logic and facts with you. We do silly shit around here. For example, we cut to the backstage area. Tony Schiavone interviews the Dark Order. Ten can't wrestle because of an injury, and Andrade walks up and offers Ten a chance to be in his crew. When Evil Uno gets pissed, Andrade beats him down. Boring. Yeah, nobody cares. No. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Yeah, this was. care. Yeah, this is a waste of fucking time. Yes, the Dark Order's trying to be relevant again. No, you're not. Go go back into the corner, my little puppets. All right, now... Move on, puppets. Yes, and now we move on to the next match of the evening. Fuck my life. 
a fatal four-way match. Dante Martin versus Toro Blanco Roosh versus Wheeler Useless with William Regal versus Amino Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahantes. This was fucking horrible. I was laying in my bed trying to watch it. I, almost, I kept on nodding off trying to go to sleep. I should tell you something. This was another fucking circus act fucking uh, match. Again, oh, yeah. I was absolutely horrendous. This is just like what you like to say, a fucking abortion. Yes. Bullshit. But what can you do? Nothing. It kicks you out of the room. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, it was like, yeah, a spot fest before the abortion and fucking terrible display of pro wrestling. This is a goddamn clusterfuck. It was terrible. This was a terrible spot fest from hell, and it made me want to vomit. And then in the end, Wheeler Useless gets the pinfall with his, with his finisher called the seatbelt, and he gets added to the casino ladder match, which will also be a spot fest from hell. And apparently, I think there's like one spot left left in that fucking thing. I think it's one of those things where they're going to make it a mystery um, spot, but the question is, is it going to be someone returning, or have they signed somebody brand new? Because that's that's usually the intriguing part, but because Triple H is in charge, I don't know who they would possibly sign at this point, but we have here so far the people that are going to be in this casino ladder match where the winner gets a future AEW World title match. We have Claudio Castanoli, who we all know as Cesaro, Wheeler Useless, Penta El Zero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Rouge, Andrade El Idiot, Dante Martin, and fucking, you know, the somebody. We don't know who. The mystery guy. So, I have no idea who's going to win this. So far, if I had to pick somebody, I'd go with Claudio because he's the only star in this match. That's worth a damn. Couldn't agree with you more. So then, after all this, we go backstage again. Shivani interviews two other members of the Dark Order. Nobody gives a shit about. And says they'll do the match alone if they have to, since Ten and Evil Uno are now both injured. And, of course, the two people are Alex Reynolds and John Silver. All of a sudden, Hangman Page walks up and says that they need a partner. They have one in him. No. Roman Page needs to leave the Dark Order and go do his own thing and get that belt back. Because, this was a stupid promo. Waste of our fucking time. Time that we're never going to get back in our little lives. So, no. I did not enjoy this. Apparently, you didn't either. Now, did you? I mean, I just kind of felt like, okay. Hangman Page was offered a chance to team with the Bucks. Turned it down and said that he was going to be in the Dark Order's corner because it's their time now. So, now he's going to be with them in their match at Rampage against the Best Friends. So now, herein lies the question. Are the best, because I thought it was going to be the Elite versus the Best Friends. Am I now to believe that it will be the Elite versus Hangman the Dark Order? Because even though as much as I hate this whole trios tournament and want it to end, I'd rather see that than the Best Friends. I couldn't agree with you more. I do agree with you on that one. So yeah, Hangman, I guess he's joined the Dark Order. I don't care. I don't watch fucking Rampage and don't intend to see it. So, whatever. You ready to move on? I'm ready to move it on, sir. And now, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen we have our main event of the evening the aw trios title tournament semi-finals we have the elite with brandon cutler and dum don Callis versus the united empire horrible this was i'm not gonna say this was bad i'm not gonna bet or did that but no then what the hell were we watching were we watching once again wrestling or another fucking circus act oh we were at the circus my good ginger friend. Boring as shit. Yeah, another spot fest, another unnecessary match, and oh, fuck, not you again. Really? Really? Dude, I don't have time. I don't have time. Look, Mr. Bucciarelli, it's Harpo Finger Fuck. Look, he's in the ring. 
<laughs> Look, Mr. Bujarelli, it's Kenny Olivier. And the Cucamonga Kids. Who let you out of your basket, Gator? That what? What was that? Why did you... Who let you out of your basket? Excuse me. Uh, I was not in the basket. Uh, I was... I have my own little crow's nest. And fuck you. I come out <laughs> whenever the fuck I want to. Who lets you out in the sun? That's what I'd like to fucking know. Mm, I don't go out to the sun. Yeah, I know. If the sun even breathes on you, you get cancer. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, am I the only one that thought this was an absolute clusterfuck from hell? I mean, look, first of all, can we just point out the fact that that uh, that Kenny legit has a shirt on with muscles built in? He looks like a kid's Halloween costume. Like, th he's the only grown man that wears a muscle shirt with actual muscles on it because the motherfucker can't go to the goddamn gym. You know, when you go to the gym, you should do something like, I don't know, lift some fucking weights. Instead, you go there and play with the spinning rings and the balancing beam because you're a little girl. Also, I need someone to get Stephen P. New on the phone. Uh, I need to call Stephen P. New so I can sue these cocksuckers for shitting upon my fucking business. <laughs> call Stephen P. New if you need to sue an outlaw mud show or two. Still see your ass? Yes, you can call the law offices of Stephen P. New if you want to sue these motherfuckers for shitting upon my business. Also, also, Zach, Zach, um, since the ginger uh, likes to drink, and um, apparently, from what Mr. Bucciarelli told me, uh, he gets so drunk he'll lay on a garage floor and apparently can't feel pain. Uh, but anyway, uh, Mr. Ginger, would you like to play a drinking game with your Uncle Gator? Uh, Gator, I would drink you under the fucking table. Okay, I'm just saying, would you like to play a drinking game. I'm not drinking tonight, but what kind of drinking game would you like to play? So here's a new, I have a new drinking game. This happens every week on uh, All Elite Wrestling. Every time someone waits on a motherfucker to jump on them, sitting there like a spare prick at the wedding, take a drink. <laughs> yeah, that that's the new game. Would you like to play, Zach? Are you sure you can handle it? Can you? Fuck no. And as many times as they're sitting there waiting for motherfuckers to jump on them like a spare prick at the wedding, I'll fucking need my stomach pump by the time the bell rings. Exactly, so I'm not doing that. Also, uh, I have a question. Question. I have a question. Um, why is the fucking ref not counting? Fucking this brick on a ref looks like a goddamn corpse. This fucking ref just standing there. Like a spare brick at the fucking wedding, just standing there. He's looking around like he's at a tourist site. Like, I'm sorry, fucking count. There's everybody in the goddamn ring. You're supposed to count to five. Did you learn how to count to five? You know, it's like one Mississippi, two Mississippi. Mississippi 3, Mississippi 4, Mississippi 5, motherfucker! <laughs> also, it's like, everybody's doing stupid shit. The rest supposed to count. The rest not even maintaining order. Uh -huh. It's like uh -huh. a cop who got paid off by the mob, and he's just watching the mob rob the bank. I am so fucking offended by this bullshit. I'm offended for myself, the business as a whole, and every single fan that has to watch this goddamn motherfucking bullshit. I hate this work, but this shit looks so fucking fake, so fake gymnastic spot monkey marks. Also, also, I got another question. Zach, can you answer a question for me, please? What? There's no fucking tags. I ain't seen the first goddamn tag. Did you ever see a moment in the match when somebody actually tagged, took their hands, slapped it together, and said, hey, you're now in the ring? Or did they all just... 
jump in and out because there's no fucking laws anymore. They jump in and out like there's no fucking laws anymore. Thank you for pointing that out. See, ladies and gentlemen, you were wrong. The ginger does have a brain. Now, this bullshit is not pro wrestling. Who in the, who in the holy hell is legal at this point? This is why I hate lucha rules. You can't fucking follow this confusing shit. It's like someone goes out of the ring. All of a sudden, boom, I'm the legal man now. I don't have to tag. Even though this is a tag match, we don't have to tag. Even though that wouldn't make sense, you know? It's like, you know, that's like saying, you know, um, um, we're a bakery. We don't have to make cake. What the fuck? Now, I just said. like where I work at. We, I work at Jim and X. We don't have to cook barbecue. Exactly. That's what that's like. That's like you got a barbecue restaurant. Someone comes in and barbecue and you're like, no, here's a salad. And hey, Gator, you- I got a question for you. Okay. Not a wrestling question. Tell me if this makes sense. A vegan asked me, do we have anything for vegans at a barbecue restaurant? Get them. Okay. Um, first of all, you should have shot him. Did anyone there have a gun to shoot him? Uh, I couldn't shoot him. He was taking me home. I was using an Uber. Okay. Well, you were near, well, you were near a lot of hot stuff. Could you boil him alive and sell his fat for soap? No, I can't do that either. That's wrong. No, it's not. He's vegan. Does that make any sense whatsoever? It does, you know. Besides, because he's vegan, you can sell him as vegan soap because apparently vegans need their own special soap to take a fucking shower. I, by the way, I, I, by the way, uh, Mr. Really? did I did I say that like you read it? Yes, you said it like I read it. Thank you. Um, That was actually based on a true story that Mr. Bucciarelli told when he was in the college. <laughs> that was actually, Uh-oh. yeah. Uh, you can ask him about it later. He won't talk about it here because, um, you know, because that's not related to the wrestling. But anyway, um, I just want to say I hope everyone involved in this fucking shit gets castrated with a rusty fishing knife for this disgusting display of pro wrestling. Everyone involved should lose their nuts. And and since none of you deserve to, and none of them deserve to populate the earth, it's not a total loss. <sighs> This was fucking pathetic. I'm on a strike. All right, Gator. Okay, Gator, Gator, Gator. Uh, I'm done with this shit. You need to go back to the basket. I'm not going to the basket. Gator, go to the basket. I'm not going to the basket, Mr. Bucciarelli. I got more things to say. Gator, you made your point. We got to wrap the show up. No. Gator, go. No. Gator, go. No. Fuck you. All right, I'm back now, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry about all that shit. Zach, are you okay? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what Gator has said is 100% true. Yeah. took the words literally out of my mouth. I'm not going to say anything because if I talk, start talking about it, I'm going to get mad and I'm going yeah. to go eat. So, long story short, the Elite wins. You know, uh, Omega hits the one wing fairy on Fletcher. They get the pin. So, the Elite is going to all out, not a shocker. And they're going to face either the best friends of the Dark Order. And I, I thought for sure it would be the best friends, but now I'm thinking it might be the Dark Order since Hangman Adam Page is now on their team. So, anyway, we'll find that all out on Rampage. We don't talk about Rampage. So um, next time we see you guys, from an AEW standpoint, it will be the recap of All Out, which I'm hoping to do with Desmond, and there may or may not be a cameo appearance from Elvis. So, you know, the AEW guys might be getting back together again because Zach will not be part of the All Out recap because he's got to work late, but um, I'm going to get a little NXT here for a minute. He will be joining me for the recap of Worlds Collide. So that'll come out Tuesday. So uh, Worlds Collide is going to drop on Tuesday. All Out's going to drop on Monday. So that's all going to be fun, and um, we'll knock all that out. So, uh, Zach, do you have anything to add on this abortion, or are you ready to wrap this shit up? I'm ready to wrap this shit up. All right. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, will include this recap of AEW. Uh, Zach, as always, I thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, join me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely, sure. I will be here. Well, there, or anywhere, anywhere, where, where, where. We'll figure it out. Anyway, uh, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We are on Anchor, Anchor, Spotify, Spotify, Google Podcast, 
Eagle Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Piggy Favorite hosting site and follow us there or be super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash the Boochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be sure to check out the male soap opera moment, which will be dropping in the next couple days. Uh the time that we're recording this. Uh tomorrow I'll be recording the male soap opera moment with the Wens. We'll be sharing our, our predictions for uh Clash at the Castle which will take place Saturday afternoon. So if you want to, for any WWE fans out there that want to hear what I have to say about Clash of the Castle and the shit going down there, check out the Male Soap Opera Moment with me and the Wens. It'll be on the Boochcast Facebook page. Also, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at the Boochcast. Get the latest tweets, photos, and videos. Visit our YouTube channel. Check out all of our YouTube content. And be sure you guys hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted. I'm hoping to get the last two Dark Side of the Rings done uh, over the Labor Day week. Weekend, and then I'm going to start editing them and getting them out there to you guys as soon as possible so we can wrap that shit up. It's going to be fun, and I can't wait. But we got some other projects in the works that uh, we'll be working on as well. So there's going to be a lot of content coming to the YouTube channel very soon. Also, make sure you follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next watch party will be Saturday, November the 26th for WWE Survivor Series. So be sure to join us live on Twitch at 8 p.m. for the show. Also, make sure you guys check out our D&D show coming soon, our Boochcast booking battle, and of course another special project that we're working on for your entertainment pleasure. And uh, once I can get the team to finalize everything everything I need, we're going to have it out there for you guys, and it's going to be beautiful. So, make sure you guys also support the Boochcast by going to anchor.fm slash theboochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Our first level is 99 cents, $1 per month. Uh, This is for people who don't have a lot of money to spend but still want to put a little skin in the game and help us out. We appreciate it. Now, if you don't have any money to donate, that's perfectly fine. Uh, That's not mandatory. All you can do is listen to the show and spread the link to everyone you know. You're helping us out, and we greatly appreciate it. But we also have the second level you can donate at if you want to have extra cash to spend, and that's $4.99, $5 a month. Uh, The same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money give us money we got better content the peacock anyway and we got the third and final level you can donate at which is for a mere 9.99 same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE network subscription here in the united states ever since sold of the peacock you got nowhere to put that 9.99 so to that 9.99 bring it over here we got better content than the network and unlike all elite wrestling we are loyal to our fans we listen to our fans we're dedicated to giving the people what they want if you are paying with a credit card or with gpay now the best part is all the money we raise all of it goes back into the show in some capacity to help it grow we use to upgrade our equipment we use to bring in bigger name guests pay the bills and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the booch cast a success so if you got a favorite co-host and you believe they're to be paid for their hard work anchor.fm slash the cast slash support is how you make that happen and then if there's any money left over money at all when it's all said and done we use the rest to feed uh zachariah scott here his ramen noodles so he, that way he can be fed and hopefully we can fatten him up and then try to get him laid hopefully before we fatten him up and until next time this is Vinny bucci aka the booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the booch cast talk to you guys next time until then pizza, pizza baby, baby. <laughs>
Well, I see by the clock on the wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye. Goodbye. So long. So long. Farewell. Farewell. Adieu. Adieu. Be good. Stay well. Bye bye. Keep warm. Relax. Eddie. Take care. Stay loose. Adieu, mon vieux. À la prochaine. Goodbye till when we meet again.